Welcome back to our study of Proverbs. We're about to come to an end with regard to our study of the sluggard. And um, right now we're going to read our text. It starts in verse 6 and ends in verse 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provisions in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your seed like an armed man. Um, again, I, I have to, every time I read this passage, I laugh because I remember years ago, many, I was a boy, and my mom had gotten into this uh, scripture memory um, ministry thing, and she was memorizing scripture. And after she memorized this scripture, I almost heard it uh, every day of my young life. Uh, she would come in always with kind of a, a, a joyful uh, sound in her voice, but she would always say, how long will you sleep, O sluggard, and when will you arise? Um, parents, before I pray, I mean, I mean, think about that. I didn't become a believer until I was 21. Um, Yet as a child, I can still remember many of the, the verses that my mom would quote, sometimes in jest, as, as I just shared with you. I can remember sermons. I, I can remember things that I heard. And uh, so never think that what you're doing um, doesn't have an impact. Uh, you may go on for years and think that your children aren't even understanding anything that you're saying in family devotions, and then all of a sudden you'll hear them talk to a friend about the very theology you've been teaching them. So, so be encouraged. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray, dear God, that you would, uh, in this short study, that you would help uh, the children, the young people understand at this point, Lord, um, how deadly laziness can be. And oh God, I, I do not pray that they work excessively because of a lack of trust. I do not pray that they never rest, but I do pray, Lord, that they would work according to your will and that when they do work, they work for your son, regardless of their occupation, and that they work diligently honorably. Oh God, please raise up a generation of people who love your son and because of that seek to demonstrate his integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in verses 9 through 11, what we have is a, is a call to action. So let's, let's just review for a moment. Um, in verse six, go to the ant, O sluggard, and observe her ways and be wise. So we who were created in the image of God, ants were not created in the image of God. Um, because of man's fallenness and man's sin, man must now go to an insect to learn. Um, you know, there's a statement that, you know, live and learn. 
I, I don't recommend that. Um, it's better to learn and then live by what you have learned. You know, um, to live and learn can be very, very dangerous. Uh, you don't have to experience something to know that it's wrong. You don't have to shoot yourself with a gun to know that guns are deadly, if, if used inappropriately. And so we learn, we, we learn. And so, you know, I see so many people, they say, well, I learned in the school of hard knocks. I'm not sure that that's the school that God wanted you in. He wants you to sit down in his word. And, and young people, listen to me, not just with regard to laziness. I've lived long enough to see so many people um, injure themselves, uh, ruin themselves spiritually, emotionally, um, in society, um, because they did not heed God's word. In the end, they groaned. In the end, you know, how many people have, heard, if I, have I heard say this, if only I could go back. The problem is, you can't. You can't hit replay, but you can study God's word so that you learn to navigate through everything that's in this fallen world. Now, I want us to, uh, to look at verse uh, nine. And here we have, you know, my mother would say this kind of with a, a jingle, and uh, she would say it in a way that was kind of funny, but what we have here is actually the Bible's call to the sluggard. And it's a very serious call it's a call to avoid a danger. Um, and so the Bible comes to you. If, if, if you're prone to laziness, if you're prone to being a sluggard, to not being diligent, to having to always be told, to always having a, an excuse, well, then I, I, want you to, I want you to realize that verse nine, in verse nine, God is basically coming to you with a very serious look on his face. And he's saying, how long will you lie down, O sluggard? How long will you do it? When will you arise from your sleep? And what he's saying is, how long are you gonna remain in this dangerous place that you're in? Okay, how long are you gonna stay here? So, um, when we think about sleeping, we don't think of it as dangerous. As a matter of fact, sleeping is extremely important. If you wanna live long, you need to sleep. Um, if you wanna be productive, you need to sleep. But he, he's talking about not necessarily just physical sleep, but just um, the type of sleep that's brought on from the fact that you're just lazy. Now, imagine that there was a man in a bar, okay? And he's been there for every day for hours and hours and hours. And, and he's drinking himself uh, to the point of, of, of death. And uh, his wife and his children are starving. They're poorly clothed. Their house is a wreck. And he's in there. And, and someone walks in and goes, how long are you going to continue in this? How long are you going to keep going down this road? Well, Although in our eyes, this type of slothfulness may not seem as deadly as the man in the bar, the man in the tavern, 
When you think about it, it can be. Not only does the slothful person suffer, but everyone around him suffers. And not just his employer, not just the other employees that have to take up the slack, but especially when, when someone is the head of a home, when a father is lazy, when a husband is lazy, it, it, it is a tremendous detriment to his wife and to his children. When a wife is lazy, she's the opposite of the Proverbs 31 woman. She's, she's lazy. And yes, women can be lazy too. Then it, it's, a, it's a detriment to her husband. You know, so he works all day, then he has to come home, he has to clean the house, he has to do the dishes, he has to prepare the food because his wife is lazy. It hurts him, it hurts the children. But you also need to understand that to have lazy children, first of all, um, it's hurtful to their parents because they're saying, parents, you need to pick up the slack. You need to serve me. And, and that's kind of taught in our society today that children have a free ride all the way through college. No, 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 you don't. The moment that you're able to do anything, you need to do something. Your parents need to give you chores to do, things to accomplish, and not just your homeschool responsibilities, but responsibilities within the home. Because see, in a sense, when you do your homeschooling, in a sense, you're doing it for yourself. It will uh, increase your ability one day to get in a good university or increase your, increase your ability to, go to get a good job. It's helpful to you. But this is not just about you. What do you contribute to the home? Is everybody coming behind you picking up? Is everyone preparing your food? Is everyone cleaning your dishes? Is everyone doing your laundry? This is wrong. And parents, when you allow this to happen, you're wrong. Everyone in the home needs to learn to contribute in that home. When you do that, well, let, let me say something else here that's very important, parents. You know, we hear a lot about self-esteem. Either people saying self-esteem is the most important thing and you have to give people self-esteem or that self-esteem isn't important at all. What you need to understand is that there is a sense in which, a very different sense, in which a child should have self-esteem, an idea of self-worth, but it, it's, it's not given to them. A person has self-worth because they realize they're made in the image of God, but a person has self-worth because they've actually accomplished something. So if you did think you're gonna give self-worth to your children by just sitting around and telling them how wonderful they are, no, it's not gonna do anything, anything positive. It'll do a lot of negative. If you want them to have self-worth, give them things to accomplish. Give them ways to contribute. Then they see they can do things. Then they see that, yes, I, I prepared, I labored, I was diligent, I accomplished this. Yes, I contribute to the family. I have value because I'm not just someone taking, taking, taking. I'm someone who is able to contribute, contribute, contribute. Very, very important. So the Bible comes to us, comes to you, young person. Everyone else around you may be laughing about how lazy you are. The Bible isn't laughing. 
God isn't laughing and the wise man isn't laughing, simply says to you, how long will you continue in this destructive lifestyle? How long? Reflect on it and then act. Reflect on the question and act. How long are you gonna be this way? Because know this, after a while, it's going to become a controlling vice in your life. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean this. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis, I'm not sure, but it, it's an illustration of there's a man and he's got a little sin on a chain. But he has this relationship and he, he can control this sin. But after a while, what happens? The sin begins to grow in its power. The man begins to diminish in his power. And now it's a huge sin that has the man on a chain. You give in to laziness and it's going to create more and more laziness. That's the way it is with any vice, but also that's the way it is with any virtue. If you give yourself more to diligence and discipline, you're going to see that it becomes part of you and not really something that you have to force yourself to do. Okay? So he says, how long will you continue in this destructive lifestyle? In verse 10, the sluggard answers and basically says, look what he says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. It's an excuse. It's like the sluggard is saying, it's not a big deal. I'm just taking a little sleep here and a little rest here. It's not harmful. Yes, it is. Well, how do you know? Well, first of all, because the Bible says it is. And that's the most important issue right there. You know, it's deals done. Bible says it is. But also, everyone knows it is. A coach that, that has an athlete that's gifted but lazy, he says, oh, coach, you know, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I got it. You can't do anything with a person like that. And also notice, this is why the sluggard is also called a fool. Because the sluggard's wise in his own eyes. He doesn't take counsel. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't need to work that hard. I don't need to do that. Yes, you do. So we see it all the time. It's in the Bible, but we see it all the time in life. People are always making excuses for not doing what they're supposed to do, for procrastinating, and uh, it's not an excuse. It's a lie. It's a self-delusion. Okay, now let's look at the scripture's reply. All right. If that's the way you're going to take it, your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. Do you see? So if that's what you want to do, then know this. This is the warning. This is not a if it will happen, but when it happens. A vagabond is a highwayman. Um, now, we think of highwayman, you know, a vagabond, and, and we have this maybe idea of a Robin Hood type person or someone who's just, a, you know, steals a little enough to survive or anything. No, a vagabond, a, a highwayman, they would slaughter entire caravans, men, women, and children, strip them of their clothing, of everything they had. These people were ruthless. And what he's saying is your poverty will come like one of these ruthless men, kill you, strip you of everything. That's how deadly laziness is. It really, really is. I wanna tell you something. 
being a person who was never gifted in anything. I have seen so many gifted people that accomplished nothing and actually ruined their life just because they were lazy. Now, and he says, like an armed man, literally a man with a shield. And what it means is once this laziness grabs a hold of you and becomes a controlling vice in your life, then you will not be able to fend off poverty. No matter what you try to do, you're not gonna be able to reverse the matter. Do you see that? And, and there's a point of no return, young people. There is a point of no return. It's like I always say, you, you, you touch sin and let it go. Then you touch sin and you, you touch it longer. And then you hold on to sin, but you boast about you can let it go of let go of it at any time. And then one day sin grabs you. And even when you want to let go of it, you can't. Now, please heed my warning. I'm, I'm not here taking time to do this just because, I, you know, I want to say some nice things. Young people, it's deadly. Sin of any kind is deadly, but you need to understand that one of those sins that's considered a seven deadly sin, a cardinal sin, a mortal sin, a sin that is the root of all other sins, one of those is slothfulness, it's laziness. And you need to break free from that. And parents, you need to help your children break free. If you had a child who was seven years old and given already to consuming alcohol and gluttony, would you not do something? Would you not step in? Do not allow your children to be lazy. Your home is not a hotel for teenagers. It's not a resort for teenagers. It's a family where everyone contributes. And in contributing, they will find self-worth and joy. So I want to um, just really quickly for the parents I want to return to a passage that we've looked at um, a few times. Um, it's, it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And we always think about this only in the context of maybe church or preaching. But it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It's not just, it's not enough that you just set your children before this screen and let me teach them. You have to teach them, parents. And, and look, look what it is. It's not just teaching. Teaching is indispensable, but it's not just teaching. You teach them the word of God. And in this case, you teach them about the dangers of slothfulness, about the virtue of being diligent and hardworking and the benefits of it and the deadly consequences of, of slothfulness, of laziness. You teach them what the Bible says. Then you, it says reproof. You, you reprove them. And what does that mean? When they are lazy, you not only tell them they're lazy, use the scriptures to show them that they're lazy. Now it's not enough just to point out that someone has been lazy, but it's also not just reproof, it's correction. Show them what they should have done. Show them the way in which they could have been diligent. You could have gotten up at this time when the schedule said, you could have got to work immediately, you see. 
And so correction and then training in righteousness. This training in righteousness has to do with basically teaching, showing them where they're wrong when they are wrong, correcting them. And also from other texts, we know encouraging them when they do right. Paul the Apostle, 1 Corinthians, he is one of the strongest letters of rebuke, but he begins by telling them everything that they're doing right and everything that is right in them. So there's also encouragement here. But you need to use the word of God. And, and I want to say again, so important, so very important, that uh, softness is it's deadly. Laziness can put you on a course that literally ruins all your human potential. Now, before I go, and I think they're gonna put something at the bottom of the screen, um, dear friend of mine, Joel Beakey, um, at Reformation Heritage Books and Puritan Seminary, his dear wife, Mary Beakey, um, has written a book, you know, Teach Them to Work. And it's, it's for parents with regard to how to teach their children to be involved in godly labor. And I, I think our editors are gonna put the, a picture of the book here. It can be purchased at Reformation Heritage um, uh, Books and, uh, and probably anywhere online. But it, it's such an amazing book because it shows parents uh, the virtues of, of God-ordained and God-glorifying labor, and it teaches them the necessity of, of teaching their children and encouraging their children to work. And, and this is not a, a, a type of drudgery. This is one of the ways in which we bring joy into the home. Remember I, I told about, my wife sent me a video one day where she was teaching our, I don't know, two-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter how to just put little pieces of, of laundry into the, uh, to the wash machine. Um, do, do you realize the joy that that child had being able to say, I did this, I did it. Someone didn't give me some sort of self-esteem. I accomplished something. I labored, I worked, I did this, you see? And, and so I really wanna recommend that, that book, teach them to, teach them to work. Uh, Mary, Mary Beaky, I went, I went up to my library to find it and uh, realized my wife still has it. So uh, it's, it's a very good book and I, I would encourage all the parents to uh, get a hold of that book. All right, well, God bless you. And next week, we've, we've looked now at being rash. We've looked at uh, being lazy. Now we're going to look at just wickedness, um, unrighteousness. And what is unrighteousness? The opposite of righteousness. And what is righteous? That which conforms to the character and the will of God. All right, well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray that you would use it in the heart of your people. I pray for parents. I pray for children, teenagers, young adults, that they would see the beauty of labor and how especially being a diligent and faithful employee, even to an employer who shows little gratitude, can have a great impact for the gospel, not only toward the employer, but to other employees. 
O God, help us to labor not merely for men, but to labor for your glory and your honor and for the gathering of a people who worship your Son. In Jesus' name.